Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Show people that, yes, you can still be creative. You can still let your mind wander, but there's such a cool way you can do that with technology um, that brings it to life. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real-world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. These talks will include both career advice as well as a look at the industry itself and its practices. You are the CEO and Marketing Director and Lead Business Process Analyst at MOPO. You're also the Business Account Manager at Comcast Business and you're the Contact Director at Stud Model Project. So very busy lady. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit how you got to this place in your career and more about your work with Stud Model Project? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So I initially started my, I guess you can say my tech career in the army. Um, so I joined the United States army when I was what, 21, I think. So that was 19, or no, 2004, uh, when I joined the United States army and I came in as a um, signal support system specialist. Um, so that's what they called all of us that was in comms and, and things of that nature, just responsible for keeping connection between the field ops and everyone that's in garrison is what we call back in the office. Um, so that's where my technology bug kind of started, actually started a long time ago, but that's when I really realized that I had like this thing for technology. Um, but I'm a right brainer <laughs> is what people call it. So I'm a creator. Um, so the part of technology that I gravitated to was the developing side of things, more of the user interface. I was really interested in how, you know, um, we can use technology to interact with people. So I fell into SharePoint. Um, most people know Microsoft SharePoint, kind of that collaborative tool. Um, so I just fell into SharePoint and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, this is cool because I was already in the social media back then. <laughs> there were a lot of platforms that were all using MySpace telling my, my age, but um, I learned coding on my own. I just kind of tinkered with it. And when SharePoint came about, I loved it, started doing that. And that became my career. That's what followed me through my military career and outside of my military. Um, but when I got out of the military, it was hard to find work. So I had already kind of loved graphics design and always into coding. And so I started my own business. At that point, it wasn't called Mopo, it was called Trabor um, Graphics. So I did a lot of flyers, a lot of car wraps, logos. I designed all these things for um, small businesses and that took off. But in the meantime, I picked up photography. <laughs> Um, I think graphics design and photography kind of goes hand in hand with most people that do it. Um, so I picked up photography and I was also helping a friend out uh, host events. And the events were of, you know, women of color, mostly lesbian women of color. But I could not for the life of me find stock photos. I could not find stock photos to use on flyers or her website or anything. Um, most of the photos did not represent the women that were at her event, you know? Uh, so I bought a little $800 camera from like Price Club or something. Um, and I went to her event, started taking pictures and people wanted more pictures. Um, people everywhere, I posted these pictures on MySpace at the time. And people were contacting me like, hey, can I use your picture for this? Can I use your picture for that? 
And I went, okay, so there's a market for this. People really want to have something that represents them. So of course I started to teach myself photography again and started to go into that bringing in, you know, the things I know in Photoshop and the things I know in InDesign and, and Adobe and all of that and started to put all those things that I knew <laughs> together. You know, you don't know you're learning something for a purpose until it all starts to kind of, you know, come together. Uh, so it started to come together. Uh, people were calling me from all over the world, from like South Africa. Uh, they were, I mean, from everywhere. They were like, we need a project like this here. We want something like this in Jamaica. Like women need this all over. We need representation. So th the project was born. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. So now we are in volume two. We did a, a reality show last year. COVID kind of tinkered with that for us a little bit, but we uh, did a concept reality show last year. Um, so that is going. And in the meantime, um, I was doing SharePoint instruction and coding and doing all that for, you know, for the government. I was teaching the Marine Corps um, and all that. But there was a part of me that really, really wanted to be customer facing. I wanted to see my customers. I, I was kind of stuck behind the computer for a long time. Um, and I walked into a retail store and opened my business account. And I said, this looks like fun. Um, are you guys hiring? And they said, yes. And I left my contracting job, making so much good money to go into business, the tech side of business, um, just because I wanted to understand what small businesses were experiencing. I felt like that was also a market that I had experienced a shortage in. I didn't know where to go. Um, if I needed that enterprise-like environment for my business, but I didn't have the capital, you know, I just, I didn't know that there was, there were things out there for me technology-wise. Um, so working for places like Verizon and Comcast kind of helped me bridge that gap um, to know what small businesses are looking for, what they're interested in as far as tech is concerned and how I can bring that to them in a way that they understand. Um, so Again, my graphics design business kind of morphed into MoPo, where I started providing those intricate enterprise-like services for small business, teaching them how to, you know, optimize their website for search engine optimization, how to automate their business processes, how to use different apps within their, their website platform to give them their time back. Like, when I was running my business, I felt I was running ragged, you know? trying to do an email here and an email there and trying to figure out how to combat, you know, communicate with my customers. And it was an all day thing. So I wanted to create something that, you know, a small mom and pop business can come to me and say, Hey, Teresa, I, I know how to cook, but I don't know this digital world of business. I, I, I don't know how to to market myself on Instagram. I don't know how to even put the pictures together. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know what my logo should look like. I don't even know what you mean by the look and feel of my business. They, they don't have that. They just know that they know how to cook. They can be a chef, you know? So that was kind of where Mopo was born and it has been so good to me. Um, working more with um, restaurants and um, uh, beauty industry individuals um, that has been where my niche has kind of come from. And um, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> so I'm, I am all over the place, but uh, 
I'm a right like again, I'm a right brainer. So I'm such a creator. And to be able to have something like um, technology to merge with that and show people that, yes, you can still be creative. You can still let your mind wander, but there's such a cool way you can do that with technology um, that brings it to life. <laughs> um, and that's the part that excites me. So I'm, I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing all that. From what I'm yeah. hearing today, it sounds like in every situation where you started your own business that you saw a need or a thing that wasn't being filled in the market and then you created and realized that you could create a service or a product that could fill that. Do you think that's partly why you've been so successful opposed to like a lot of businesses will do it the other way around. They'll push a product to market and they'll be like, why is this not working? <laughs> but you did it the opposite way. Um, so did you do that intuitively or was that a more conscious choice? And yeah, how did that help with your success? Yeah, um, so good question. <laughs> um, because sometimes I think there's this quote that um, I live by that, you know, it, it's there's no such thing as luck, you know? Um, it's when preparation meets opportunity and it just kind of meshes and it goes well together. Um, so for me, I think it was, it was that. It was like, there were so many challenges that I had as a business owner or as a creator, period, that I had to learn how to overcome those challenges, how to overcome those obstacles. And I did my own research because I'm the type that I don't like to wait. <laughs> I don't like to wait. So I don't wanna like sign up for classes and sit there and wait for someone to teach me. I will, I will go in and be the test dummy to see how this works and um, learn all the ins and outs about it and then see how I can you know, wash, rinse and repeat. And then once I can wash, rinse and repeat, I say, okay, someone else might be able to use this information. Um, so how can I bring it to everyone else? If it's useful to one or two or three, I'm sure that there is a group of people. And again, technology allows us to do that through social media and things of that nature to find your, your tribe. Um, so it becomes really um, a thing of just realizing that I need it. One person else, someone else needs it. So let's see how we can package this up in a way that's palatable and easy to understand and easy to, to use and reuse. Yeah. Definitely. That's a great point. And kind of leading into the next topic about, um, you had a quote on Instagram, a business would be treated as a living, breathing thing before you start your business. Ask yourself if you're ready to feed it, nurture it, defend it, educate it, protect it as if it were chi your child. How do you see that happening in real life? And how do you live that with your businesses? Yeah. <laughs> so I had this, I had this uh, conversation actually with um, a customer of mine, it's a young lady. Um, she is starting her own, you know, hair business where she's selling um, hair um, pieces, you know, like the clip-in hair pieces and she's wanting to sell those. Um, so I do a whole business consultation and just to understand where they are on the business acumen. How, you know, do they really get what, <laughs> know what they're getting themselves into? Um, because again, it's not just, you have to get your EIN number. That in itself is like a social security number for your business. You know, you want to register your business. That is your birth certificate for that business. You want to understand what your business culture is gonna be. What is the personality of your business? Like this is a living, breathing thing. You don't just, a lot of people fail because they feel like, you know, 
I started the business, I will build it and they will come. I'm like, no, you don't just birth a child and they become a successful individual. You have to put work into it. Um, you have to teach it. You have to grow it. You have to expose it to people. It's going to fail. It's okay. You, you know, you, you have to do these things with a business. Um, if not, then you see people start businesses and then it fails and then they start again and it fails and they start again. So there's this wheel of success that I tell my customers all the time is like where you start your business and then, you know, you, you plan it and that's the fun part. That's the building part. It's exciting. And then you kind of hit your first road bump. And most people get stuck in that road bump and they're like, I'm like, if you just, if you just keep going, there's success on this side, but most people quit right here. And then they go right back to starting a new business and then they get excited and then they hit the road bump and then they go back to starting something else. And I'm just like, that's, that's like having kids and having to pay child support on it all the time. And, you know, you just keep having more, like you have to raise this one. And even if you are ready to bring some, another one in, just remember that you're bringing another living, breathing entity into this. You have to be in a place to be able to raise it. So when I give it that kind of logic, some people are like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready to start a business yet. Uh, and some people are, are take the chance of it, you know? And I tell th people too, kids will raise you. Sometimes a business will raise you. A, a business will teach you some of the things that you were scared to do and you learn as you go along. So yeah, it's been fun for me. The trials, the ups and downs, the journey in itself is is the fun part. Yeah, really great points. And talking about fear and people getting stuck in that bump, how have you been able to overcome fear, whether it's, you know, diving into the unknown or if you've experienced imposter syndrome, do you have any tips for, for dealing with that? Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, so I actually had that with stud model project. There was a moment where I paused and I said, do I really want to keep trying to make this work? You know, I've gone to so many sh um, shows and tried to pitch the show and people will see the show and want to change it. They're like, oh, there's, there's no market for this. Or, um, you know, they, they want to change it. They want to do something that makes them understand it, not realizing that I'm bringing something new. So I tell people when you're starting a business, you have to understand that you are bringing something new, something different um, into, into the world. You're creating something new. So it's going to take time for people to understand what you're trying to do. Consistency is like the key. That is my favorite business language consistency. Um, I don't care if you feed it just once a day or 10 times a day, but you have to feed it. And those days when I'm feeling really low and I'm just like, you know what, I don't know if I can continue. I just say, just do a post, even if it's just a post, mm -hmm. just do one post, um, you know, add something to the, to, to the collage. Um, find a new model, you know, get excited about it again. Remind yourself why you were doing it in the first place. Um, and that just keeps me going because it makes me feel like I'm still feeding the business somehow. Um, even on those moments when I don't quite feel like the business is feeding me, <laughs> that's the moment where I feel like I should feed it the most. So I just, I try to tell my customers all the time, like the moments when the business is not feeding you, feed it. That's the moment when you, you should feed it. It's not feeding you because it has no nothing to feed you with. 
So feed that. Um, and that's kind of how I get over my bumps, to be honest. Um, yeah, hopefully it helps someone out there, but it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Um, but that's what it is, you know? Uh, pressure makes diamonds. That's what it is. Powerful words. No, that definitely resonated <laughs> with me. So um, yeah, that's really great. But just thank awesome. you. And um, talking about struggle, um, adding the pandemic into a business has just been, I'm sure, a whole nother level for, for everyone that has a business. So how have you been navigating that? Um, so again, I started working, I'm such a social butterfly. I am, I'm that girl that loves to get up, do my hair, do my makeup, go out to the town, meet people, shake hands. Um, the pandemic has slowed me down, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I now wake up in the morning and I'm like, do my hair. <sighs> Oh, you know, um, so that is the, that's kind of like the downside to it, but the upside is, is giving me time to um, really get nitty gritty with my craft. Um, so I've signed up for a few like online courses and things of that nature, just to sharpen my knowledge a little bit more on all the different avenues that I'm working with. Um, so being in the house, I've been reading a lot more, <laughs> reading a whole lot more, um, doing a lot of training, just trying to keep myself sharp. As far as the business side, it has slowed down a lot. You know, there's no, there's no way to, to make that sound good. It, it, it is what it is in, in our environment. Um, but what it has does, it has ignited this culture of entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, so many people are tapping into their creative side and opening businesses and jumping out there and taking a chance and trying new things. And that is kind of working for Mopo um, because a lot of people are, are asking for advice are looking for someone that can walk them through some of these digital platforms that they're using now and forced to use to operate their business. I had a mom and pop that had never understood what the Q, you know, the, the QR bar codes to scan for your restaurants now that everyone is using. And they're like, so how do you, how does this work? And we had to go through to build their website, give them that code for the sticker to their take. And they don't understand these things. Um, so people are getting more creative. People are entering, you know, the artificial intelligence world, which I love. Um, they're entering all these cool little technology worlds to make their business run. And I get geeked out talking to my clients about it. So it's been helping out with Mopo, but it's more, I'm getting more smaller clients now. Um, more of those small entrepreneurs that want to work their business, not the the retail front stores that I used to get. It's not that anymore. It's more home-based businesses, which is fine, which is, is absolutely fine by me. Um, so that's the good part is that a lot of people are tapping into their entrepreneurial spirits and their technology spirit. And it's so cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Lots of creative energy right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's happy. Do you have any advice for other women in tech? Wow. <laughs> um, so I, my advice for women in tech is this. Do not be scared to be creative. Um, a lot of times we feel we have to compete with, with, the men, with men because I feel like more men have the left brain way of thinking, which is very logical. Um, and I'm not saying this in a... In, in, 
in a general sense, of course, but I feel like more men are more logical and they were heavy in the tech field. So a lot of things may have been really cool to, to, to work with, but aesthetically sometimes they don't always flow. And I feel like the feminine energy in, in tech is a good thing for creative side of things, for the aesthetics part of it as well. We know how to take that language and the functionality of the left brain thinking developer and say, okay, this look, this, this feels good. Like this, this is going to work well, but how do we translate it? So the user experience, I think the feminine energy taps really well with the user experience. Um, and we have to utilize that part. And I want to say just women, women X, however that flows, your feminine energy period in the work field, I think helps that balance of the analytical thinking of coding, as well as the aesthetic part of coding. Um, to just have that balance, yin and yang balance in it is, is very important. Wow, thank you for that. Yeah. It's lovely chatting with you. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely audience will really enjoy all the insights that you've given us. Oh, I really appreciate you selecting me for this. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.